Good morning. It is 1107. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, Blake Masters, uh, really, uh, everybody underestimated him. I don't know what the outcome is going to be on this race. I, I, I think he might lose it in a squeaker. But he has really come back hard. He was, uh, he was on Jesse Waters on Fox News yesterday. Surprised that the Democrats, they have to lie, right? They lie, they blame the Paul Pelosi attack on Republicans. Obama came to campaign in Arizona to try to reinvigorate Mark Kelly and Katie Hobbs' sad campaign. And when Obama came here, he blamed this attack on me. He said it's Republicans' violent rhetoric that's causing this. I'm sorry, all I'm calling for is a secure border. And can we fund the police instead of defund them? Can we have schools that actually work? Right, the Democrats in charge, they've failed so badly for the last 20 months. People are mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore. And this can stop tomorrow as long as we get out and vote. So if you're... So he, he hit on all the points. Way to go. Uh, the race is is really, really close, and nobody expected that. Uh, if you're watching tonight and you hear that uh, Hochul in New York lost the governor's race, you can go to bed comfortably knowing that the Republicans have taken over everything except the White House. And they'd take over that if it were up for grabs. Uh, that's, uh, that's one of the key races to watch tonight. Uh, you know, they may not release uh, the Senate, race, uh, Senate races until later in the evening. Uh, but, you know, the gubernatorial race, that's a, that's a barometer that will really uh, send a message ab- about where exactly the, uh, the Democrats stand. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Uh, let me do something very quickly here. We've got this uh, holiday wish thing that we've been doing. Uh, the holiday season is a, a it's a time of joy and celebrations, but a lot of people uh, they can't afford that. They they don't have that, uh, and for them it's pretty uh, depressing. So we've teamed up with Hibbit Sports, uh, Love Columbia, and Common Ground in Jeff City to help Mid Missouri have a happier holiday season. So if you or someone you know is struggling, tell us what's going on and how we can help. Uh, your wish can be for you, for someone else, for an organization, or for that person that always gives to others but never does anything for themselves. We can't grant every wish that we get, but we're going to try and help as many people as we can to have a happy holiday season. Uh, and there's a link on our website, our home station, 939theeagle.com, where you can uh, submit your wish. Special thanks to our sponsor for helping uh, making the wish happen, uh, and that would be uh, D. Rose. A lot of fun. I enjoy that. Missouri Vein Care. Um, yeah, if you know someone who's struggling, give us, a, give us a little word. Let us know. Phyllis, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm good, Gary. Thank you for taking my call. Are we still talking about Trump? We can talk about anything you want because it's my okay. show. Okay. All right. Um, I agree with the caller before last. I voted for Trump twice. I really liked him, but he was really mean to people, and I know that turned people off. And last night, I watched part of his rally, and then he started calling Ron DeSantis names, and that ticked me off. Ron DeSantis is a great guy, and if he gets the nomination, I will vote for him because I think... He's level-headed enough that he can bring the people in the middle around. 
I don't think Trump can do that. I don't think he will change because that's who he is. So I guess that's all I have to say. Well, I guess I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I, I don't see him changing. And No, he won't. He won't change. But Ron DeSantis could bring people around. And this country needs to be united. I'm tired of this. We need to be nicer to each other. We just do. Yeah, that would be At nice. First, I, but I, I will I, tell you. I love, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, at first, I like Trump's tweets about and, be, and his name calling, but we got to stop it. We have to. We're never going to get anywhere if we don't. Uh, I don't think Both that sides. I don't think it's going to smooth out anytime soon because the left has since the 1800s been moving further and further away from the the liberty that uh, the founding fathers gave us and they're picking up speed. Uh they're telling you what That's you true. they're telling you, you know, what medicine you can take, what bathroom you can go into, what restrictions you can put on your own business. They're 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 literally regulating everything and taxing the snot out of people and i think you know the further they go um and and off the deep end because that's where they're going uh, the more people in the middle and on the right get upset about it and it's and it's understandable don't tell yeah. me i have to let a transgender work for me if i don't want them to i should have the right not to don't tell me that some guy wearing a dress can compete with women uh, and girls in, in high school who have been working their whole lives to to get uh, a, a break for college by winning a championship. Don't tell me that's fair. Uh, and when they do no. those things, it just, it, it makes it very difficult to reconcile. It does. But Trump makes it hard for people in the middle to join him. But I think DeSantis could do it. Yeah, I mean... He's I, more level-headed. He's not a name-caller. He just does things. And he points out that, hey, this is American. We have freedom. Well, I, I'm not sure if he's, by the if he's 100% not a name-caller. But when he said well, about Fauci that he would like to throw that little troll across the Potomac... <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that's not nice either. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he endeared me with that one. <laughs> All right, fellas. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah, look it up. Take Thank care, you. Gary. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Do you remember when he said that about uh, phony Fauci? I do, yes. Somebody sir. ought to grab that little troll and throw him across <laughs> the Potomac. <laughs> Just the way he worded it was good. All right, 874 9390 800 You can go to GaryNolan.com. And send a message. How a divided America, including the 15% who are quote-unquote mega Republicans, split uh, QAnon racism and armed patrols at polling places. Uh, that's uh, coming up also at Study Finds. And this, this is really scary. 42% of Gen Z diagnosed with a mental health condition, according to a survey. 42% have some mental health condition. Wow. Um, I, I would say uh, that's not natural. Uh, and then finally, this mysterious company with government ties plays key Internet role. Really? We'll kick that around. Take your calls. It's Election Day. What was it like at the polls when you went? Were they busy or was it quiet or the same? If it's busy, it's a good sign, at least if you love liberty. 
Uh, in the meantime, up against the clock. Quick break, shortest break of the hour. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 18 minutes after 11. I'm going to read you a piece out of the Washington Post. Mysterious company with government ties plays key internet role. This is, uh, I, I don't know, something about this doesn't uh, doesn't uh, ring. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a little scary. An offshore company that is trusted by the major web browser... Uh, browsers and other tech companies to vouch for the legitimacy of websites has connections to contractors for U.S. intelligence agencies and law enforcement, according to security researchers, documents, and interviews. Google's Chrome, Apple, Safari, nonprofit Firefox, and others allow the company trusted core systems to act as what's known as a root certificate authority a powerful spot in the Internet's infrastructure that guarantees websites aren't fake, guiding users to them seamlessly. The company's Panamanian register, uh, registration uh, shows that it has the identical slate of officers, agents, and partners as a spyware maker identified this year as an affiliate of Arizona-based Packet Forensics, which public contracting records and company documents show has sold communication interception services to U.S. government agencies for more than a decade. One of those trust core partners has the same name as a holding company managed by Raymond Solino, who was quoted in 2010 uh, Wired article as a spokesman for Packet Forensics. This is uh, sort of incestuous that they would have all this information and uh, be creating uh, the kind of software that uh, can be used to uh, intercept messages. Uh, that is uh, a little scary. The Internet is a little scary. Uh, but Pam is not scary, so we'll talk with Pam. Pam, welcome. How are you? Oh, fine. Yeah, I just had a comment about Trump. Um I voted for him twice. I'll vote for him again. And I think we need to face reality that conservatives do because this country is never going to be united. It never has been. That's why we have two-party system. It never will be. It shouldn't be. We're a republic. That's how republic works. The more you give in to the liberals who hate the Constitution the more they will take advantage of destroying it. So I don't agree with that anybody is going to be able to unite the Republicans and Democrats to all think alike. It will never happen. It shouldn't happen. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, Pam, thank you. I'm glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. <clears throat> Why do you suppose the Democrats hate the, the Constitution so much? Well, do you think? Do you think they they just hate freedom? They don't trust the world. Why do you suppose they so want to control every aspect of life? I wonder if the if the Democrats, and I'm not meaning this in an insulting way, I wonder if the Democrats believe that we need, you know, some board, some governing board to control everything. To make life smooth and seamless, to to make sure that there are no, you know, 
bumps on the road for you. Could it be as innocent as that? Like the this the 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 point of of uh, having this constitution was to run the government, but back then we didn't know as much. Maybe I should be doing this as Gary the Liberal. But uh, now we can make life better for everybody if we just let the government control all of the, uh, you know, vicissitudes of the marketplace and everything else that goes on. Do you think they're just innocently mistaken? Could it be that they they just want to make sure that uh, the poor don't starve, that kids don't suffer, that your your medicine is affordable? And do you, do you think they just innocently think they can arrange all that at the federal level? Could it be they believe that if we just turn people loose, there would be mayhem everywhere? I mean, honestly, believe this. I I think they do. I don't think the people in the hierarchy do. I think they know better. They know that this is a great way to get elected. They just look for gullible people who think that the government has to protect us from our from ourselves. There, most Democrats, most liberals probably believe that without the government doing the things that it does, well, people would starve to death. We'd be poisoning each other. We'd be ripping each other off left and right. There would be no sense of order anywhere. Society, I think they believe society cannot function on its own. And that they don't have faith in their fellow man. And if they can just get enough money to provide enough food, housing, clothing, those kinds of things that somehow the world will be a better place. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Brian, do you, do you think that's possible? I think the, you're on the correct track. And I've always been afraid that once government is able to get control of health care, they pretty much have you at their whim. Whatever they want to do, you will follow. And we'll tell you, you know, what procedures we're going to cover will tell you when you're going to die that's when i think the dominoes are going to start to fall and that's what i really am afraid that eventually they will have control of health care and that uh it really is concerning to me yeah i haven't i haven't seen a decade go by where the uh, intrusion into health care didn't get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and every time it makes things more expensive uh, and their response is, well, we need more power. Yes. Let me go to the phones here. Danny, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm pretty sure that you're pretty close, Gary. Um, it has to do, in my opinion, but it has to do with money and power. That's it. I think the the voting level Democrats, they have a big heart and they just want to help people. And the larger up Democrats, your politicians... They're just about money and power, and they see their their voting base as their as their cash cows. As an example, Casilla uh, Cortez went in to her office, a hundred thousand dollars in debt, 
and makes $160,000 a year. And in two years, she's worth $22 million. What? Where did you get that figure? Um, it's her financial stuff. AOC is worth $22 million. Yep. Whoa, boy. I'm, now I got it. She's now, been selling some t-shirts, hasn't go she? Go check it out. It, <laughs> I may, it may be $2 million, but no, I'm pretty sure it was $22 million. But uh, in that case, I mean, and then what was it that I believe you've even quoted this um, that Abraham Lincoln said, the difference between liberals and Democrats or Republicans and Democrats is the Democrats at harvest time want to take all your coin, uh, corn or harvest or whatever you do and they decide how it's divided up. And then Republicans, they think that you need to decide how you gather it up. And I think in all their legislation, ever since, you know, the beginning of the Republican Party, that the Democrats, if you look at their legislation, it's always been, and you kind of hit on it, that we know what's best for you. Where on the flip side, it's, no, you need to decide what's best for you. You know, just like why do they make laws, Gary? Because you're, you're too, too stupid. stupid. There you go. Deciding what's the best for everybody. And then along with that, that's why a lot of time the communism thought sinks in there because it it makes logical sense that if you're making decisions for a whole group of people, that that's why it looks so appealing to them and some of the aspects of it is because they believe that they decide where where the resources ought to be divided and how they should go. Um, oh, all right. That's, on that's my, that's on my AOC, humble opinion. On AOC, so you know, uh, financial disclosures that members of Congress are required to file show that it, um, Ocasio-Cortez uh, reports assets between 2003 and $31,000 in her most recent financial disclosure Filed September 2020, the student loan debt between fifteen and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, I just I just seen something, and it was like within the last four months. I and then maybe I'm totally lying, but for having the amount of money that she makes, she's got a great deal more than what her. Uh, uh, let me see if there's. Uh, it's just stay tuned, uh, and right after the news, I will make and sure. If I'm that wrong. That I have and the if I'm latest. Wrong, I'm wrong. I, if I misread, I misread. I'm okay with that. I'm okay uh, no, because I'm seeing reports of one and a half million in 2018 uh, as a member of Congress. She started serving uh, in 2019. Uh, net worth. Uh, let's see if we can get a, 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 a more recent. Because that might not have been. There we go. Uh, in 2022, two hundred thousand um, dollars is what I'm reading. Her current net worth. She makes 174,000 per year for her congressional salary, but has a net worth of 200k. Uh, but at the same time, I'm looking at uh, net worth checkers. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, an American activist, educator, politician with a net worth of one and a half million, and in 2018 uh, was elected member of the U.S. Congress. However, she started serving congressional district. Uh, it's in North uh, Queens. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do some homework on this. Danny, I don't even know for sure, but if you pay, uh, if you stick around, listen on the air, I'll try to get you an update, okay? Yep. All right. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Man, down a rabbit hole. Holy Toledo. (laughs) You look up AOC's net worth and you will go down a rabbit hole. Man, oh man. Brian and I have uh, searched uh, several websites and have had uh, several different answers. Uh, but the uh, the common answer uh, would be that uh, she is uh, worth something like $40,000 tops. When she took office uh, in 2019, she reported her first financial disclosure. She had a checking account, a brokerage account, a 401k plan through the National Hispanic Institute that were worth between $3,000 and $45,000. Her student loan debt through the U.S. Department of Education at the time was listed between fifteen dollars and $50,000. During a September 2019 hearing on student loan debt, she said she made a payment that reduced her student loan debt to $19,000. Income from the taco restaurant where she tended bar and from her 2018 congressional campaign, total 25 grand. Members of Congress paid 175, on, well, 174. Uh, viral posts make false claims about Friday the 13th. Uh, well, that's uh, it's wrong, sorry. Uh, after a report, uh, the Center for Responsive Politics, Open Secrets, ranked Ocasio-Cortez as one of the poorest members of Congress, where more than half of the members have a net worth of at least a million dollars. She filed her next financial disclosure September 2020. By then, she reported the same three accounts, uh, balanced between $2,003 and $31,000. Her student loan debt at the time, between $15,000 and $50,000. Based on the $19,000 student loan debt uh, that she had in September 2019, she could be in the hole to the tune of $17,000. Or, on the positive side, be worth twelve grand. So she is. She's not a multimillionaire. Uh, it it just didn't did not happen. Uh, and because we try to uh, dig up the truth, that's what we came up with. And I don't know how many. I looked at about five or six different websites, Brian. How many did you hit? Like four. And it, it, it's uh, you know she's worth two million, one and a half million. Yeah. Uh, well, I wonder where that started. The I think on Facebook, and they said they contacted uh, the person who posted it on Facebook for details and never got a response. So it's, you know, and all that, they didn't mention the fact that she was selling T-shirts online because I remember, you know, she yeah. was selling those. I forget what they were, but they didn't even mention those. I it, and you know and I ordered a half dozen. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't so, get mine yet, but no, no. Well, that's all right. You're you're still waiting for that break from Obamacare. <laughs> yes, that uh, President Obama uh, promised you. Forty-two percent of America's young but cynical Gen Z are dealing with a mental health condition, according to a new survey. A range of issues were largely identified during the middle of the COVID pandemic. Analysis by Harmony Healthcare IT suggests tens of millions of Gen Z young adults started dealing with mental health problems in the months immediately following the start of the global pandemic. The Indiana-based data management company's survey highlights a strategic percentage of young adults diagnosed with anxiety, depression, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or post-traumatic stress 
during the pandemic. How could you get PTSD during the pandemic? What could possibly have happened to give you PTSD during the pandemic? I, 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 I don't know. It seems, seems we're raising a generation of snowflakes. I was going to say something like that, but three quarters of these Americans, all under the age of 25, say the pandemic negatively impacted their mental health, with many citing loneliness and uncertainty about the future. 85% of Gen Z uh, responders say they're worried about the future in general. The vast majority cite their personal finances, the economy, the environment, and the country's increasingly polarized political landscape as the top of their concerns. Well, you know, you don't have to worry about the global warming thing. The world's not coming to an end because we get a degree or two warmer. So you can relax if you're a Gen Zer listening to the program if that's what's got you on edge. As for the economy, well, now you got to worry. you got a real legitimate concern there. Uh, but I, I don't think you need uh, any kind of pharmaceutical to get you past that. Put your nose down to the grindstone and push. Uh, that sounds painful, doesn't it? It does. I don't know why I said it that way, but <laughs> don't do that. It, it'll, just, it'll just give you raw flesh. Uh, how a divided America, including 15% who are MAGA Republicans, split on QAnon racism and armed patrols at polling places. Uh, this is at study finds. There have been several studies in recent years with different designs, methodologies, and measures of violence. The expert assessment is that taking them as a whole, it's clear that in general, Americans' support for political violence has been increasing. Some of that research has found that Republican support for political violence is growing faster than it is among Democrats. I want you to take the... Brian, explain that to me. Some of the research has found that Republican support for political violence is growing faster than it is among Democrats. So am I to presume that what happened in Portland and Seattle and Los Angeles and St. Louis uh, with uh, Black Lives Matters, which is a left-leaning group, and uh, those things are to uh, be Antifa. ignored. Just, just forget about those. Yeah, just forget about those. January sixth is what we need to be focusing in on. I mean, the violence that occurred that day, and the deaths, and the explosive devices, and the guns that they had on board. No, there, nobody got shot except uh, um, one of the protesters. Are you uh, sure? I yeah. thought that uh, no, no law enforcement were killed. Well, that police officer that got hit with a fire extinguisher. No, you know, no, that, that that was not what uh, oh. his demise was about. He stroked. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Well, the amount of people that died from heart attacks after January sixth. Just thinking about the uh, protest. I, I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I, you I sound think... like you're skeptical. Well, just a titch. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> thinking that. Um, if this is a sign that the Republicans are more violent, you know, maybe, maybe it is, maybe that is actually accurate, Brian. Okay. All right. I'm um, all let me see. Okay. You have a certain level of violence on the left. On a scale of one to ten, they're at about a seven. 
They're burning down uh, police stations, rioting, burning down buildings, looting. They're at a seven. While the Republicans at the time are at a two. Right? Yeah. Now the Republicans see all this going on and they begin to get violent and they bump up to a three or a four. So you could accurately say research found Republican support for political violence is growing faster <laughs> than it is among the Democrats. Yeah. Because the Democrats are stuck at seven and I we've see. gone from a one or two to a four. You see? Yep. Ah, I there, understand I've, now. I've explained it. Thank you. Uh, that's okay. Two studies in late 2022, we examined people's general thoughts about political violence. Some aspects of their willingness to engage in it themselves. One of the studies looked at Americans across the political spectrum. The other focused on Republicans with a specific attention on people we classified as MAGA Republicans, who we defined as people who had voted for Donald Trump in 2020 and agreed either strongly or very strongly that the election had been stolen from him. Uh, in both our studies, we asked respondents for their general party affiliation, offering them five initial options, Republican, Democrat, Independent, another party, or no preference. People who answered Republican or Democrat were asked whether they characterized themselves as strong or not very strong supporters of that party. I, th I think they're trying very hard uh, to paint uh, Republicans as uh, violent and vicious people. Why, why would they want to do that? Beyond me. All right, I'm up against the clock. Got to take a quick break. Back to wrap it up. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. My God, Stacey Abrams is once again claiming that she'd be winning if it weren't for voter suppression in Georgia. She's getting slammed in there having voter record voter turnout. Unbelievable. All right, let's uh, let's bring things home uh, a little bit closer here with uh, Brian Hausworth uh, because, uh, well, some interesting developments. What are the feds doing in the state, Brian, and welcome? Hey, uh, Gary, thank you so much. Yes, I've been working on this uh, for a couple of days now. Brandon Rathard was the first one who actually had received word of it, and I've been following up uh, for a couple of days now. I've been on the phone. I actually talked to Jay Ashcroft himself on the phone again this morning in his office, and I also have been in touch with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Kansas City and Don Ledford. So I'll keep it as kind of as, because there's a, a little bit of confusion here too, but basically in a nutshell, we had the Cole County Clerk uh, this morning on Steve Korsmeyer, and he had been out at a number of polling locations and had not seen the DOJ outside of yesterday when they were uh, in Jay Ashcroft's office. Um, so he wasn't sure that they were there, but I have confirmed with uh, Don Ledford, the U.S. Attorney's Office, that as of this morning, the Department of Justice did, does have representatives in both Jefferson City and Cole County outside polling locations. Now, they told uh, Jay Ashcroft's office originally and told uh, Steve Korsmeyer's office that it had to do with accessibility issues. That they're, It sounded like their they're concerns, they've had some complaints about people in wheelchairs being able to vote, perhaps involving the size of ramps, etc. We don't have a lot of information on that. Um, that's kind of vague. And then also um, from Don Ledford's office, we were told that the DOJ has representatives there and they are essentially there to make sure that they're 
state's compliance with federal voting rights laws. In other words, the Civil Rights Division. So it could be one or the other, if not both. Um, According to Jay Ashcroft, there had been a few complaints about Cole County. I take it about accessibility, but when he asked them what the specific complaints were, according to him, they would not tell him. So he's frustrated. He, He feels like they should not have gone over his head. He said they went over his head. They should have contacted him directly. And he said they have no jurisdiction inside. They were not allowed inside. However, he does not have any problem with them being outside the building. They are within their past that 25-foot uh, electioneering, if you will. So that is kind of where our status is right now. What, what good is that? Standing 25 feet away. What are they waiting for, I wonder? Uh, you know, according to the, the... And one thing Don Ledford sent me, uh, is he sent me a press release from the uh, Mayor Garland's, of course, he's the, the head of this, uh, the Attorney General's office, and they have representatives in, as we've later learned, 64 jurisdictions. Now, some of them are red states. And that, by the way, Cool County, as you know, Gary, very, very red, heavily, heavily Republican. But they're also in some blues, many blue states as well. Massachusetts, which is heavily Democratic there, in about 10 uh, locations there alone. They're in Pennsylvania. They're in Michigan, but they're in some other very, you know, Republican areas. So it's a little unclear on how they chose Cole County. Um, their speculation, they picked a county that this has a large number of Republican voters, but there's no, the, the Justice Department, I talked to Don Ledford, he, he's not being very specific on why it was chosen, other than they are definitely there. And the clerk, clerk wasn't sure, but I'm, again, I haven't seen him. But I have the spokesman telling me they are there in both Jeff City and Cole County, so I have no doubt they are. What I don't know, are they wearing, uh, do they have a button that says DOJ? I, I don't know. He's He won't uh, elaborate on that. But for sure, they're there um, basically to handle any sort of complaints. But if people don't know who they are, um, not sure how they do that. I guess they'd have to call. I know you've got to run, but very quickly, yeah. any indication on voter turnout here in Boone? Yeah, absolutely. I've got some quick numbers here, Gary. Thank you. I just uh, got off the phone with uh, Brianna Lennon, our Boone County clerk, uh, literally two minutes ago. And right now they have about a, this, this includes, we're putting them all together here. Brianna is calculated. This is a 27% turnout. This is about 1145. The number's only going to go up higher than that. She'd forecast 55%. We may get higher than that. We'll see. Um, More than 30,000 registered voters have already cast ballots. So 27% turnout right now. Gary, the biggest thing here as I end for people Make sure you, not you, Gary, but make sure our listeners check their sample ballot. We've had a number of people, has nothing to do with, um, confu- it has nothing to do with anything sinister. It's just Boone County did add some polling locations, for instance, in Hallsville, other areas, because of strong voter turnout, expected that. And a lot of people went to where they voted in April. They're going to the wrong location, and therefore they're being sent somewhere else. So I encourage people to take a look at their sample ballot. If in doubt, they can go to our website. I link to Brianna's page, and also they can call her main phone number and actually find out exactly if they don't have the Internet uh, where they need to be. But the biggest thing, make sure they get to their polling location ahead of time and check that sample ballot. All right. I know you got to run. I do appreciate your stopping in. You bet. Thank you, Gary. All right. Take care. Uh, all right. Listen, uh, election night uh, is tonight. And uh, we are on this station, in fact, on all of my stations, we're going to be, uh, all the stations my show is carried on, uh, we're going to be uh, giving you up-to-date information 
on uh, where we stand in the election, what uh, what polling numbers are in, uh, and and probably faster, more accurately than you'll get uh, in t- on on television. Radio just works that fast. Uh, we'll be on uh, in uh, in. Uh, Jeff City, we're going to be on in Columbia, we're going to be on down in uh, Springfield, uh, and in fact, uh, we're, we're going to be on, I think, until 10 o'clock, is that right, Brian? That is correct, yes, Are sir. you actually going to be engineering? I am not, nope. Wow. Uh, anyway, so I will be, uh, I will be on uh, 9.15 or so, I'll be on uh, down in Springfield, and then uh, sometime around 9.30, I will be on here uh, in Columbia and Jeff City. And we'll see if, you know, if I'm the, uh, the goat or the god. But I do think that it is going to be a monumental red wave. I think the Republicans solidly take the Senate. Um, when I say solidly, I mean assuredly. Uh, I'm not going to guess at what the numbers are, but I'd, you know, beyond one. Uh, but it's entirely possible. It could be huge. Uh, watching uh, for the bellwethers tonight, I say, look at New York State. If in that gubernatorial race, it's either very, very close or the Republican wins, that's a bad sign for Democrats and a good sign for a Republican wave. Or Washington. That would be a fun turnaround. Well, you won't see Washington State is on uh, the left coast. And so by the time those numbers come in, it'll that be is really, correct. really late. But I mean, if she loses that race, uh, <laughs> oh. it will be uh, a regular meltdown. Yeah, by then we'll know. By then we'll know. And literally, that's the, uh, that's the race to watch. You know that it's going to be big for the Republicans because of where the Democrats are spending their money. They're spending their money in what should be safe areas. And that that's because... They're they're getting their pants beat off of them. Uh, the, the Hispanic voters and other minorities and women are coming to the Republican Party in huge numbers. Uh, these are two groups that the Democrats uh, really absolutely need in order to win. Uh, it's another sign. It's an early sign. But for tonight, watch the governor's race in New York State. I believe that, and there's a Virginia House race that uh, might also be a, a kind of a, a bellwether for this. Uh, that would be uh, Spanberger's race. Uh, Spanberger and Vega are in a race, and it's close. Just outside D.C., if the Republican wins, wow, bad news for Dems. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem, grandbaby. Honey, I'm coming home.